If you like sports talk with absolutely no sports talk, then welcome to another episode of the Just Not Sports podcast. This is the show where a couple guys who work in sports talk to the people who play and cover sports about anything and everything they like, just not sports. On today's show, we'll talk to former NFL quarterback Drew Bledsoe, who's moved from spraying champagne in the locker room to sipping wine at a vineyard. And we'll kick off an NBA rap battle by comparing the music of Amon Shumpert and Damian Lillard two of the NBA's brightest rapping stars. I'm your co-host, Brad Burke. I'm a sports marketer in Chicago. Joining me in the studio is a leading sports media strategist and self-described PR guy. It's Adam Millard. Adam, how are you? Hi, Brad. I'm, uh, I'm pretty good. How are you? You are hanging in there by a thread. I can see it in your eyes. Well, it is in our other life. It is that time of year where... Uh, all of us are getting ready for the journey to San Francisco and uh, Super Bowl. It is my favorite holiday when it finally arrives, but the lead up, man, it's rough. Holiday? That, the day after Super Bowl is when you get called about, do we have an NBA All-Star game plan yet? Uh, yeah, no, no That's fun. True. No mm-hmm. fun. Also with us on, on the road, our Emmy-winning sports producer, Gareth Hughes. Gareth, where the hell are you this week, buddy? I'm back in New York. I'm sitting in an edit room right now working on things for the aforementioned Super Bowl. Super Bowl 50. Adam said it. It is coming too soon. So, What is yeah. this super bowel you guys keep <laughs> referencing every week? It's just some kind of uh, show on NBC or something? Uh, Brad and NBC, I... wow. Oh, sorry, yeah, shots fired. Sorry, Ooh. Brad and I sat next to each other at a Super Bowl where Brad ordered a $25 hamburger uh, in Cowboy Stadium and uh, had the time of his life. To be fair, Adam, I was drunk and I didn't pay for that. Um, And then as uh, Gareth, as everyone knows, Super Bowl 50 will be broadcast live in stunning HD on CBS. (laughs) Tune in next month. Also, Also, ladies and gentlemen. Put your hands together for Joe Reed. Joe, what do you have to say for yourself today? How's it going, Brad? <laughs> you are a man of epic words. <laughs> Again, epic scintillating, words. Joe. Scintillating. Scintillating. Well, speaking of people with actual words to say, our intro music is from NFL punter Chris Cluey, uh, former show guest, author of Beautiful, Unique, Sparkle Ponies, the book. If you listen to the show, we talk about you as our beautiful and unique Sparkle Ponies, too. And we want to thank everybody for subscribing on iTunes and especially for commenting on iTunes. So our comment of the week on the aforementioned iTunes from Who Day 1988. Who Day, a Bengals reference. Who Day 1988 says he loved, he or she loved the Chad Brown episode. And I say that's appropriate because there's nothing more appropriate this week that a, a person who loves the Bengals really hoping that a Pittsburgh Steelers gets eaten, player gets eaten by a freaking snake in the Amazon. So thank you, Who Day, nineteen eighty eight. Um, we don't. I talk- like that we have two uses of aforementioned at the very beginning of this show. That's a strong word choice to begin with. Or it's redundancy, and clipboard Brad needs to step it the hell up. Sorry, guys. I apologize to all the sparkle ponies. I'm Maybe sorry. we can have a thesaurus to pass around in this room. Yeah. 
If we did talk about sports, I'd have a lot to say about the Bengals-Steelers game I was at this past weekend, but we don't. And I will say this, it was a hell of a good time, and I drank a lot of beers there, so <laughs> all good. Um, guys, we don't just invite people on the show. We slam down the hammer on them. We call them out publicly. We shame them until they come on. It's time to slam the hammer on a few unsuspecting souls who have expressed interest in something in their personal life and therefore are duly uh, obligated by law to come on our show and talk to us about it. So, Gareth, let me start with you this week. You got a hammer. Who are you going to slam it on? Brad, I was looking at the Just Not Sports Twitter feed this week, and as you guys will hear in a minute, um, I was actually out there and spoke to Drew Bledsoe in person on his winery in Walla Walla, Washington. Uh, But looking at our Twitter feed this week, Charles Woodson recently – uh, retired NFL great, probably the most decorated football player of the last few decades, is also getting in the wine game. So I would like to throw down my Cabernet hammer to Charles Woodson to come on the show and talk about wine. And honestly, Brad, I think you and Adam should do a taste test of his wine versus Drew Bledsoe's. Uh, All right. Defense I, versus offense. I know the guy who was his PR guy during the year he was – named defensive MVP, maybe that guy can get a hold of Charles. Well, maybe that guy needs to get his phone out and do a little work this week, huh, Adam? <laughs> I, uh, I texted him. Wrong number. <laughs> okay, yeah. New phone. Who this? <laughs> New phone. Who this? <laughs> uh, all right, Garrett, that's a good hammer. Adam, who are you going to slam the hammer to? So I've got a combo here. Uh, it'll make more sense in a minute. But um, Rashad Mendenhall, the former uh Steelers and Cardinals running back retired from the game at the age of 26 and he now uh is a writer on the HBO show Ballers which oh. um he's a re- he's a writer on the show yeah he's on the staff he he uh he for many reasons he retired but I, I would like to talk to him about that I think that's more of a trend um but a, another guy related to the show is John David Washington do you know who that is no. He's an actor uh, and former athlete who plays the uh, main character, main athlete character, Ricky Jarrett, um, on the show, a Miami Dolphins receiver. He's also the son of Denzel Washington. And oh. I didn't think of him until I was flipping the channels the other day and Denzel Washington was being awarded. And I said, I thought, why is the dude from Ballers on stage with him? Well, <laughs> turns out it's his son who was uh, – Briefly with the St. Louis Rams, played in NFL Europe. His athletic career didn't work out, so he became an actor. It'd be awesome to get those guys on as a combo and talk yeah. about ballers. And hey, if if there's room, maybe Denzel too. I'm not sure there'll be time. Yeah, he uh, <laughs> Denzel, as we think we previously stated, did play at Fordham University, basketball that is, uh, under then head coach for Fordham, P.J. Carlissimo. For all the info on Denzel Washington's uh, little-known college basketball career, go back in the archives and check out the former show we talk about, He Got Game, and Denzel's performance against Ray Allen. I mean, you've all heard it already because you've listened to every episode. That's right. It's either episode one or two. <laughs> totally, yeah. I don't remember. But uh, just in case. Yeah. Uh, all right. My, my hammer this week, Gareth, you mentioned the Twitter feed, apropos, my friend. I caught wind of Kyle Long, the Bears guard, talking about his dad, Howie, and how it was his birthday. So I threw up 
a quick shout out to him just saying, hey, we celebrate Howie Long's birthday on Just Not Sports in, in one way, watching his movies. So specifically, Broken Arrow, I said he owns Travolta in that. And then Firestorm, he owns Fire in that. So Kyle, I want you to come on. I want to watch your dad's movies. I want to talk about your dad's movies from a fan perspective and then also what it's like to have your dad be an action hero. That is awesome. And yeah, you hear a lot of celebrities, kids be like, no, I don't think my dad's cool. He's just a regular guy. But did Kyle and and Chris, for that matter, think that their dad was cool being in those action movies? I don't know. And Gareth, I know you're a big uh, Howie Long action star. Can we have Kyle Long, John David Washington, both give reviews of their dad's movies? Synergy. Whoa. I wonder who would win. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. All right. Well, the balcony is open. The balcony is open. If you've got someone you want us to slam the hammer to, please email us at justnotsports at gmail.com or tweet us on the, wait for it, aforementioned Twitter handle at justnotsports. Yeah, That's hat three. Trick. That's three. Hat <laughs> trick. All right. We're going to take a quick break right now, and then we're going to come back with Garrett's Really interesting interview. He went to the winery Drew Bledsoe runs in Washington. Uh, stay tuned for that. We'll be right back. Oh, now look here, my boy. It's about to start. Fill it, my boy, with the sound of your heart. Make it go boom, sha la 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 This is Gareth here for the Just Not Sports podcast. I am standing on the grounds of the Doubleback Winery in the Walla Walla Valley in Washington with Drew Bledsoe. Uh, Drew, can you tell me who we're also standing with here? We are with uh, my winemaker, uh, the real Josh McDaniels. Not the uh, guy that's just uh, hanging out calling plays for the Patriots. This guy's making world-class Cabernet, and I'll I'll take mine over my McDaniels over Tom Brady's McDaniels any day. I love it. What are the odds that you would end up 15 years after the Patriots dynasty won its first Super Bowl? I would say it started before then with your work there, mm. that you would be making world-class Cabernet and your winemaker would be the same name. <laughs> it would be Josh McDaniels. You know, I, there, there's some stuff that you just can't make up because nobody would believe it. And so, you know, why, why would you, why would you even try? You know, it's uh, too much of a coincidence, but it is pretty cool. And, uh, um, both uh, very accomplished at their jobs, and uh, um, I'm proud to be working with my Josh McDaniels, and I know that, uh, that Tommy's proud to be working with his Josh McDaniels. So, Josh, you're lucky. I won't, because the podcast is just not sports, I can't ask you what kind of play you would call on third and two <laughs> just outside the red zone. That's part of our bylaws. But what I do want to ask you about is how long have you guys been making wine? And tell me a little bit about the winemaking that's going on here in Walla Walla. Yeah, so the Walla Walla Valley really started kind of in the, really took off in the late 90s. So, but we uh, at a doubleback got, got going in 2007. And, uh, so it's been it's been a sh- relatively short career in terms of wine, uh, which is a really long process, but uh, it's been a really successful few years. Drew, what made you start a winery? Was this a way to come home? Was it a way to? Were you always interested in it? what? Why this? 
It was a, a confluence of a lot of a lot of factors. Um, you know, one when you play when you play football and you're fortunate enough to to have that as a first career. Um, if you're really lucky, which I was, they put you out, of pa- out to pasture when you're 35, you know, and, and you got to go find something else to do. So I needed something to, uh, to occupy my mind and, and uh, get me fired up to get out of bed in the morning. Um, really like wine uh, and uh, learning about wine. Um, and uh, um, also happened to be uh, my hometown uh, where I was able to come back home to where I grew up uh, and start a business. Um, and not only is my hometown a wine grape growing region, I, I really firmly believe that it's one of the best wine grape growing regions in the entire world. You mentioned why the name Doubleback? Yeah, it's not a football term. People have asked me that in the past. You know, Doubleback, you got quarterback, halfback, Doubleback. No, it's not that. It's, it, it's simply the story of, of a small town kid that, uh, that was fortunate enough to, to go uh, do something else and then double back and come back home. It also happens to be a cool ZZ Top song, which uh, I'm kind of surprised they haven't come back and asked me for any wine yet. But uh, it fits our it fits our our business model pretty good. It's searching high and low, don't know where to go, got to double back again. It's a great name. I like the story too, and you've managed to avoid a lot of the brutal wine names. I will leave them out, but there's some uh, <coughs> there's some doozies out there. Uh, so you fit, you were a you fancy yourself a gentleman farmer at this point, no? I mean, is that the lifestyle <laughs> yeah. Yeah. that you've gotten into post-football? Yeah, you know, kind of the way that it works is that when you uh, when you write all the checks and, and uh, pay for everything, you get to call yourself the farmer, the winemaker, or whatever the hell you want to. But the truth is I have an amazing team uh, that is led far, by Josh McDaniels. Led by Josh McDaniels yeah. And, and uh, we, we uh, uh, I, I try to give them what they need to do their job at a world-class level, and they do that. Um, you know, it's, it's not all that dissimilar from, uh, my previous line of work in that, um, you know, I kind of get to be the, the figurehead and the guy that talks about it a lot, but ultimately the guys that, uh, that do the blocking and tackling, um, are the guys that make it happen. And I've got a, a really spectacular team here. I think we're, we're on par with anybody in the world in terms of what we're able to accomplish both in the, in the vineyard and in the winery. So what have you... Josh, we were talking earlier today, and there's a fair amount of chemistry that goes on here, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So, Drew, were these the sort of things that you studied in college? And if not, what are the sorts of topics you've had to learn since? I've heard out of your mouth in the last day, geology, chemistry, uh, probably a fair amount of meteorology and weather talk. Um, how yeah. have you gotten that crash course? And, Josh, have you, I mean, is this a collaboration on that sort of cribbed education, as you've called it, it, it is. I, I've, I've I just have completely poached an education um, in, in a lot of ways, where I've, I've just been able to, to surround myself with with um, some really smart, accomplished people, and 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 I've learned just enough to be dangerous. <laughs> you know, I'm, uh, Josh, is that where you step in to be? Drew, yeah. why don't I take yeah. that? Yeah, round it out a little bit. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it's 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 been it's been an amazing education for me, and and the uh, the the. Uh, uh, what I'm able to do is kind of oversee things at a, at a high level, and and then I trust Josh and and Joe and and um, you know the uh, Emily and Hannah and just our whole crew to uh, to to take kind of that vision and implement it, and they are outstanding at doing so. This is a tough business, right? It's a tough business. It's very competitive, and and if you want to be successful at it, you really have to do everything right. Um, you got to be. Uh, you got to be a great farmer, um, and we're very serious about how we how we manage our 
our vineyards and, and the kind of the ecosystem that we create and <clears throat> you know we're sustainable and biodynamic and um, you know all of those things that that ultimately at the end of the day it, it, it makes you feel good but it also produces better fruit um, which is, is what we're looking for you got to be great in your in your wine making and that's why I have uh, the team that I have that does a great job your marketing your story your dis distribution your fulfillment you know every every little bit of it you have to be uh, great at um, and uh, then if you're fortunate you can actually turn it into a real business what's the line you had last night I, I, we ate dinner together last night and Drew can talk about wine for a long time it's pretty entertaining but yeah. what was your line uh, oh no it's a famous wine line if you want to make a small fortune in the wine business you start with a large fortune yeah but uh, uh, but the truth is if you if you do things right you actually can make it a good business and that's been our intention from uh, from the very start is to actually make it into a real business and uh, to me, that's a more interesting challenge than just making it a hobby and, you know, throwing money at it. I think that the uh, the additional challenge of actually creating a sustainable business that's financially sound is something that's uh, that's been an interesting challenge. Now Josh, has he been a hands-on owner, not just a guy showing up like, hey, uh, I sold another case. I'm going to go play golf. <laughs> no, he definitely has. I think that, you know, you don't, you don't make it into the NFL without being competitive, and I think that you know, it's kind of transferring into a competitive industry. It's really shown with the success that we've had and kind of being our team leader, uh, that, that really carries over into what we do every day. And so definitely it's a competitive person in a competitive industry. Well, it's cool. Look, it's gorgeous here. The sun has already come out and it's lovely. So I would, and it's cool to be talking to friends of mine who I said that we were coming to Walla Walla right. and they were like, yeah, I love Walla Walla. Go there. So, um, I know you got to get going, but before you go on Just On Sports, we have something we like to call the Wonder-like test, where we ask you five questions about your chosen field. We want to do something a little different here okay. today, okay? Okay. I'm going to name somebody in the NFL, and you pick a wine for them, something oh, right fruity, on. Right on. dry, yeah. okay. bubbly, okay. things like that. Yeah, gotcha. Okay? Cool, cool. So, let's start with... The owner of the New England Patriots, Mr. Robert Kraft. Uh, Mr. Mr. Kraft, uh, RKK, is I'm fortunate enough to be able to call him because he's a good friend of mine. You know, he's probably like a 61 Margot or, you know, I mean, he's the guy's got the depth and length and complexity and the experience. And, and he also seems to be um, standing the test of time. You know, you hang around with the guy and I, I don't even know how old he is, but he is still young and and vibrant and, and attacking life uh, and uh, um, you know you drink one of those really um, time-tested old uh, old Bordeaux's and, and that's that's how they are they're still still youthful even even though they're old well that's very complimentary now about somebody with a little more edge the man who drafted you Bill Parcells Bill Parcells oh man it depends on what day you get him you know some days it's like a bottle of Thunderbird I just you know just can't even drink it but uh, but other days it's really interesting and uh, uh, you know I'm trying to think what would be a, 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 a wine that's kind of difficult uh, but ultimately is great um, I don't know help me out Josh what would be a difficult one that yeah kind of a, yeah maybe maybe a maybe a maybe a little pinot that uh, that uh, um, that maybe needs a little age before you really understand it you know I, I think I that like might that. be something you know I think looking back now some of the stuff that he threw at me makes a little sense where at the time I thought he was just being a pain in the ass something that opens up you know then eventually eventually opens up and yeah, you know, goes through phases. Sometimes you know, go through a closed phase and then come back. I don't know. That's a good. That's a that's a good question. Uh, Bill Belichick. 
Belichick. Um, okay, yeah. Uh, let's see. I, 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 no, this is actually a really interesting one because um, I need a wine. I, I need to come up with a wine <clears throat> that is completely different based on the environment that it's in. And I say that with Belichick because when he's at work, he's an entirely different guy than he is in a social setting. And I've, I've been around him a couple times socially, and he's really, um, you know, quite interesting and engaging. Where when he's at work, it's all business. Um, so, what would be a wine? You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that he would be um, uh, like a uh, uh, like a good Brunello, where when you first taste it, if there's no food involved, you know, it seems kind of I don't know, flat and boring, you know, all of that. But then in a different setting with a great meal, um, then uh, the wine really shows and becomes um, really classy. That is perfect. That is a good metaphor. I like it. So maybe a little decanting. Yeah, a little really decanting. And you, but you, yeah. put it, you put it in the right setting, and it's, it's, it's pretty amazing. You put it in a different setting, and it's just not very interesting. And so, um, you know, Belichick's uh, one kind of wine when he's in front of the media and when he's at work, and he's a different kind of wine when you get him in the social setting. All right, Tom Brady, number four. Brady, Brady. Uh, well, well he's does he even drink wine at this point? His diet. Is I, I, you so know, the the, the the diet thing to me is a little annoying. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I mean, he, did, I did, I knew him when he was younger, and he was, you know, he, drinking Thunderbird. <laughs> yeah, he was drinking whatever we were drinking, and he said, and I, I think in the off season he kind of lets it go a little bit. Uh, so Tommy, I mean, he's from California, so we got to go there, right? And so you, he's a, um, he's one of those. Um, uh, very few and far between, and I'm just going to throw him right under the bus here. He's one of those very few and far between Napa cabs that actually has some complexity and some balance to it, and it's not just over the top and dumb. Wow, shots fired to Northern <laughs> California. I love it. Hey, we're, compe- it we're competitive with him. We'll throw stones and, uh, you know, hopefully we'll get... stole his offensive coordinator. Hopefully we'll get back to the, uh, we'll get to the point where Napa has to throw stones back at us because we start taking their market share. Love it. And last but not least, number five on the wine pairing wonder like your old teammate, Brian Cox. <laughs> Brian Cox. Oh man, uh, you know um, Brian's a, Brian's a guy that, as a player, you know, if you weren't his teammate, you had one perception of him. But then, uh, when you were actually on on his team, you had a different perception and actually uh, appreciated what he brought to the game a lot more. Um, so I guess that would have to be a wine that is not critically acclaimed, um, but actually, once you get to know it. Um, um, is really quite interesting. Um, so I'm going to say that 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 Brian Cox would be uh, like a New World Sangiovese, right? Which uh, you know, if you just hear about it, you think, oh, there's no way they can grow uh, Sangiovese in the in the U.S. But then you get around and say, oh, you know, some of them are actually pretty interesting. Well, there you go. So. Look, that that is the wonder like. I'd say you ace the <coughs> wine pairing wonder like. Yeah, good, uh, good. I know you need to hit the road, so we'll let you go. But I want to thank you for everything. This winery is gorgeous. Anybody, if you're in the Walla Walla Valley, it takes a little getting here, but it is fascinating. There's, you can talk to Drew about the terroir, the Uh desert, the Mm. geology. Ice ages will come up. Yeah, absolutely. Now I encourage people if you if you do like wine, you need to get to Walla Walla. It's a really unique time and place right now because. Um, it's still a relatively young wine region, as Josh indicated, uh, and what that means is that most of most of the wineries you go to, you're you're actually talking to the person that started the winery, their first generation. Right. Um, and so you get that passion that goes with starting a winery. Um, 
great food, great wine, really diverse. Uh, and uh, the wines, even in this small valley, are radically different from each other just based on where you are in the valley. So it's a really interesting uh, time and place to be in, in the Walla Walla Valley, and, and uh, um, we encourage people to come see us. Fantastic. Thank cool. you very much. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. I can't respect half the opinions telling me to stop rapping on Twitter. Fact is, the criticism is never to my face. It's only through social media. Those are the words of NBA player Iman Shumpert, who recently penned an essay in Bleacher Report in response to critics who told him on Twitter he should only focus on basketball. Shame on you, people on Twitter. (laughs) Uh, But Shumpert does not want to quit rapping. We don't want to quit rapping either. The Cavs swingman takes hip-hop seriously, and he regularly releases songs online to his fans. He's also not alone in that respect. In Portland, guard Damian Lillard has earned a reputation as a solid young rapper, too, one with eyes on a long career in music. So, Adam, if we drop these two in a rap battle of the NBA stars, who wins? Iman Shumpert. Really? Iman Shumpert is the I agree. is Whoa. the best athlete rapper of all time. All right, it's on. It is on. Okay, what what makes you say that? Uh, I'll give you a few different things. Overall lyrical content and diversity of content, able to cover, able to do some slow songs, um, some more up-tempo songs, um, and then kind of on-topic songs, like the the response he did to the first take hosts criticizing him. Uh, I think overall, from a creative standpoint and a lyrical standpoint, he is the, the superior rapper. Damian Lillard, I think he has the better voice. Right. And Mon Shumpert, the better rapper. Gareth, what do you think? Uh, I agree with that. Part of that, too, is how I think the Cavs have embraced him and just sort of like, I don't know, all those Instagram videos during the NBA Finals and Eastern Conference Finals last year with Iman Shumpert and his rapping makes him just more of a presence as a rapper. And I'm glad you mentioned that, Adam, about the first take thing. Um, Look, Chuck D famously said that rap is CNN for black people. And I bring that up to say that, like, rap is always something that's been very current events. There's, it, it moves fast. There's call and, like, response sort of stuff. Like, he says something, you drop a diss track, et cetera. Right. So being able to respond quickly and in real time is important. And it means that his focus is on this. And that's one of those things that really jumped out to me, that that's rap music, man. Somebody says something about you, you come back at them. So I'm going to Mon Shumpert. Hot take. I'm going Damian Lillard. I, I just, I just, I hear everything you guys are saying. And I don't want to make this a comparison. All right. Too, too much. We're having fun with the one on one. No. But the, we love them both. We love them both. For whatever reason, I just was like, I, you know, I was working, had both kind of on in the background. And I just found myself more drawn into the sort of musical world that Damian Lillard was. Creating, I, I guess I could just kind of. It just all felt like an album. I was on a SoundCloud. Just now is that production, though? Is that it? Maybe I. It, it absolutely might be production. It might be um, just that I feel like. I feel like Amon is playing around a little bit more, which is I do not mean yeah. in a bad way. No, I think no, he's no. experimenting and having fun. I feel yes. like Lillard is like. 
His defined style. That's right. He has mm-hmm. a defined style, and he's like, I, I'm ready to go. Like, <laughs> get me in the studio. Let's get this album yeah. out. I'll, I'll be on the road the day after the season wraps, after the first round of the playoffs. So, so I will say... Well, I, and beats in production do count, by the way. Yeah. I mean, you're, as the rapper, your taste is dictating a lot of that. Exactly. So that, that counts for something. I mean, we're the number one podcast in the game. Because of Joe Reed and his production. That's right. Thanks so much. So, man. Joe, real quick, just to close out this out, yeah. I've asked everybody their opinion. Joe, are you familiar with what rap music is? Uh, I think I am, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's all I wanted to know. Uh, yeah. Real quick. So, in comparison, I think it's a matter of, I think you, it's a matter of like the style you prefer. Damian Lillard is interesting to me because he's from Oakland, California, but sounds very much like an East Coast rapper. He actually reminds me most of Prodigy from Mob Deep. This is how much I, I listen to him. Joe's favorite band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not Prodigy's the <laughs> name of a rapper, Joe. He is in. He's part of the duo called Mob Deep. No, Joe, duo, Joe, duo is two people. Yeah. yeah, Joe liked Prodigy, the <laughs> the electronic <laughs> techno band from the nineties. I know. Like, smack my bitch up. Anyway, he'll continue. be at raves. He uh, probably only knows Mob Deep for the instrumental to Shook Ones Part Two and its frequent use in Eight Mile. Exactly. <laughs> uh, on the other hand, I think Iman Shumpert's got a little bit of Kendrick Lamar, a little bit of Two Chains. So it definitely is. A different style influenced by perhaps different markets he's been in or producers right. he's worked with. But I do think it, it it's all a matter of preference, and I totally hear you, Brad. But you're wrong. And we can agree that people on Twitter need to shut the hell up. There is, there is nothing wrong, nothing wrong with a professional athlete having a creative outlet. They do not just think about sports for 22 hours a day and then sleep in an ox- oxygen deprivation chamber. Like, I'm sorry. They're not all going to be automatons. And these guys have every right to express themselves creatively. I'm getting on a soapbox. I'm getting, like, furious yeah, go, right now. I'm go. sorry. I'm just, yeah. like, I'm, like, into it. They have every right to express themselves creatively. Just because a guy spends two hours of his week in a studio does not mean that that's why he missed a free throw. And these, it's that kind of crap on Twitter – that's preventing us from having 10 more dudes like this and enough to fill out my dream album, which is B-Ball's Best Kept Secrets, Volume 2. Now that's what I call a best kept secret. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm off the soapbox. I, I, I loved every part of that rant, Brad. But to be honest, and I spent a long time off mic talking to Drew Bledsoe about this, and I didn't want to get up on a soapbox and have to say, like, look, I think what a part of this show can do is sort of illustrate that athletes have another life and that they don't have to all be watching film 24-7 and things like that. But I'm also glad you were able to bring it around to B-Ball's best-kept secrets as well. Okay, so So. I want to make a comparison there. I think Lillard reminds me of Dana Barrows on that album. Who, who just, as Shea, in the words of Shea Oh, is this Serrano, real? Are you being serious? Yeah, yeah. Okay. In the words of Shea Serrano, he just brought it. It's a very straightforward, take-me-seriously yes. type of rap. Shumpert reminds me of everyone else on the album, and I mean that as a compliment. So he's got, like, this song's going to be his Sed Sabalos, like, yeah, yeah, West yeah. Coast, like, jam. And then this one's going to be co- played for laughs. And then this one's just going to be, I'm messing around the studio, and let's just see what happens, and I'm not afraid to put it on SoundCloud. So maybe in that respect, he's a little less self-conscious. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's in his experimental phase, like Joe in college. He's more kid. <laughs> yeah. 
Joe just snapped up. Occasionally, Joe's head just snaps up so hard he feels like it's going to break off his shoulders. So, like, which one is kid and which one's play? Well, let, which one had the high hair? Uh, ooh. It's because remember when they had their Saturday morning cartoon show, I believe, you could buy kid wigs. That was a whole episode. That's, oh, kid had the hair. So you wow. Kid, kid had the hair. Comes across. Yeah, kid the had the high hair. recesses of your childhood memory. So I guess Iman yeah, would be the well. kid both literally with the hair as well as figuratively since kid was the more playful of the two yes i'd like to i'd like to throw out a digression here because we we started this episode talking about going to a certain bay area super bowl and dame lillard is from oakland who Uh, is your non-athlete best favorite bay area rapper uh e40 that is Man, that is a that is a great answer. I thought it, <laughs> wow, it, just like no, totally just taken back. <laughs> no, too short. E forty. I've got to go. Digital underground. Oh. Um, that is definitely the white guy answer. But yeah. those are the three that I basically I, Spice One would not have been accepted. Uh, the East Bay Gangster is not going to make your best Bay Area rappers. But yeah, E 40s career is fucking remarkable so agreed yeah i was right in the first e40 was the answer and the only acceptable answer really all right yeah you're right you're right Uh, well let me we we've had this discussion before is this like a rap video? There's sirens in the background. Yeah. Like, are, are we doing a we're not now? sure if like, the listener, the sparkle police, I think it's funny how we said everywhere in the background. How I talked about no, Joe's. It's like so authentic, dude. Like the beat's about to drop. We talk about Joe's experimental phase in college, and suddenly the ear came sirens. Oh, you're in trouble. So, Iman, in that Bleacher Report article, Iman talked pretty openly about the lack of respect he gets from a lot of people. And, I, and I've been on a SoundCloud or whatever. There is a lot of positivity on online. That's fine. But as we all know, it's kind of drowned out by the all-caps negativity of the anonymous internet. This is an interesting quote. He writes that the sad thing is, if I were to be a violinist, I would be more respected and praised for my talent. Respected, praise, and talent, all in, in like air quotes, off the floor. The flip side is being a violinist takes hours and hours and hours of preparation to become anywhere near good. It's not something you can do during the course of a basketball season. I need to unpack this for a second. So he's he's talking about He'd get more respect it, for his music if he was doing a more conventional, classical style of music. But then he's like, but that takes a ton of, of effort. Yeah. And he's and like almost, demeaning, <laughs> he's almost demeaning yeah. his own talents, which I think are just as valid. It's not like, like Kanye West is less valid than the third, uh, third string uh, cello player for the Boston Philharmonic. They're, I mean, it's music is music. I think maybe a better way to position it is this comes easier for him. I think there are celloists who certainly would have a hard time putting 16 bars together right. uh, lyrically as well. Does it require a, a bit more training? Sure, but there's, at the end of the day, sometimes you can either do it or you can't. Right. I agree with that, though, and I, I mean, as somebody who would, would produce one of those pieces, like, you know, Iman Shumpert has an interesting hobby. He's a cellist in his spare time, you know, soft focus, chamber music sort of stuff. It is more acceptable, and that is that is sad. So The thing he needs to get more respect for is his team anthems. Because as you guys mentioned, he's out there. He wrote an anthem about the, about the Knicks when he was there. He wrote a, he wrote a song that I think was kind of adopted by the Cavs last year for the postseason. Yes. 
Yeah, they, they ran with it. That was their theme, totally. Shouldn't someone on each NBA, someone on every pro sports team should have to write a song for that team every year? Except the Utah Jazz. <laughs> I think they're set. They're they're set. Would Gordon Hayward do <laughs> Gordon that? Gordon Hayward. I want to hear yeah. Hayward rap. I don't even know. I don't even know if Gordon Hayward would know any music. It might just be like, "Hey, music's none of my business." White like, noise. Right? Yeah, it's just, it's just like... Is that his new nickname? Gordon White Noise <laughs> Gordon Hayward? White you know what? Hey, Gordon, I know you're listening, man. If uh, you want to come on and talk about music, set us straight. We are available. Assuming your ears work and you can hear this podcast. <laughs> All right, so I want to do a little game here, guys. I call it Baller or B-Baller. I'm going to give you a lyric, and you need to tell me whether it's from one of our two NBA rappers Oof. or whether it's from a, <laughs> a full-time rapper. Fair? Uh, okay. All right. Numbers don't lie. Check the scoreboard. That's it? We get one bar? <laughs> what did you think it was going to be, like a whole verse? Yeah. Uh, I should make Joe rap these, by the way. Numbers don't lie. I'll go Dame Lillard. Adam? Uh, I'm going to say... Full-time rapper. Shame on you, Gareth. Adam, you're right. Jay-Z in the song Tom Ford. Ah, uh, nice. Scoreboard was your, I believe he, he like, yeah. it. I don't know. Tom don't know Ford. Uh, it's so easy to get open when you run with the king. Open when you run with the king. That's got to be That's got to be Shumper, right? Baller. Shumper, yeah. It's, yeah. Le- it's LeBron. I think it's from that Cavs anthem. Amazing Cavs anthem. I like the pick and roll. I like the give and go because it's basketball. Uh, I'm going to say that's Curtis Blow. <laughs> oh, kaboom. And you got it. Basketball. We're playing basketball. Do the next read versus Joe Reed. <laughs> and wasn't even holding Joe's, his Joe's mic. nose is bleeding for some reason. <laughs> He's on the floor. He's on the floor. All right, you guys. Um, the fast life infected because it's full of parasites. Fine with sitting on the edge. I never been scared of heights. Gareth? I'm gonna go B baller. I I have no idea. I'll say B baller. Yes, that's Dame. That's Dame Lillard. Full stomach is the song. Dame Dollar. Dame Dollar, yeah. I'm uh-huh. in. Dame Dollar. Uh put your team on the map. Blake Griffin on the court. Mm, one more time. Put your team on the map. Blake Griffin on the court. Blake Griffin on the court? Put your team in. Put, put Blake your... Griffin in. That's what they're saying. Now you're asking yourself. Uh, did that's like, a full-time rapper. It's like it's like that that how many shots? It's like who played with Blake Blake Griffin? Was think, there a Clippers rapper in 2011? Any baller would put Blake Griffin in the song, so I'm gonna say full-time rapper. Yes. Childish Gambino. In the song Freaks uh, and Geeks. Interesting. I like that song. I like that song. I, Well, I have mixed feelings on it, but hey, whatever. All right. One or two more. I got my game, and there ain't no shame. <laughs> These are getting a little harder now. These are ridiculous. <laughs> I got my game, and there ain't no shame. <laughs> this one's my favorite. Full-time rapper? Gareth? Uh, full-time rapper. Maybe, if you count them, it's G Love and Special Sauce. <laughs> the song I seventy six. They wrote about the seventy sixers. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. All right, one last one. You ready? 
Get it on, <laughs> 76ers. Jerry, 76ers. Jerry Stackhouse and Iverson. That is also G Love and Special Sauce. I 76. That's awful. That was I loved that song and it has not aged well. When you <laughs> I looked it up online when I was preparing for this, and then you you forget he's just like get it on 76ers and Charles Barkley, and then he's just like Jerry Stackhouse, and I'm like oh shit Jerry Stackhouse <laughs> did play for the 76ers. He I sure did. Him. That's so, when I remember early in Jerry Stackhouse's career where he said the NBA is so much easier than college, and then Jordan <laughs> dropped fifty on him. Yeah, I remember the time that <laughs> I remember the time G Love and Special Sauce was a thing that happened, and then he went into his studio and he was like, "I'm so excited about the future pairing of Allen Iverson and Jerry Stackhouse winning ten straight championships. I'm going to write a song about it." And then that also happened. Oh, Derek Coleman. G Love, uh, I am a proud graduate of Skidmore College, and he is one of our noted dropouts. Did you? Did you? There's a lengthy did, list. Yeah, um, Fat Jewish is a is a dropout, oh, correct? Right. He is a Skidmore expellee. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Gareth, real quick, did you go to a G Love and Special Sauce concert ever? I did not. Adam. But G Love no. had a, uh, a girl put a G Love song on a mixtape for me. Oh. Uh, all my mixtapes were just G Love in different order from the CDs. My brother's a big fan. The Gene skipped me. <laughs> all right, guys, to wrap this segment up, we, do, we firmly believe on this show, Sparkle Ponies, listen up, please. We firmly believe you cannot hold professional athletes trying something different to the same standard. So they are already one of the best 0.001 percentile of something in their life in, in sports. This is their hobby. So you can't say, is he better than Jay-Z? Is he better than um, Kanye West? That's not fair. Like he's already in the top class in his. I would love to see Kanye West try to take it to the hole like either of these guys. Oh, you know what? He believes he can. By wearing, like while wearing a pink cape, probably. He, he, he believes he can. Okay, so you, you have to compare him to something kind of like someone on that Mendoza line of like they were good, good enough to be kind of pro, but maybe not the best ever. We believe this, at, or, you know, we, I, Adam, you and I have talked about this off the air. This rapper, to make the comparison, needs to be Skilo. Gareth, are you familiar right, with Skilo? The Skilo scale. Yeah, the Skilo scale. Yeah, the Skilo scale. Okay. Skilo, for the Sparkle Ponies who are listening, sang famously, I wish, I wish I was a little bit taller. Take a joke. I wish I was a baller. Chuck Holler. No, no. Put the no, mic back down. I wish Remember I had a girl who looked good. I would call her. wish I had a rabbit and a hat with the bat. Sit in a six hat four and, 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 and a six wish four I was like six right. foot nine. I wish so I was a little bit. With we get it. We get it. We get it. We get it. It was a hit. So he had one huge hit. He also had Mr. Morton and Top of the Stairs. Mr. Morton was the, is the subject Something of my set. And, and what the predicate says, says he does. does. Mr. Morton walks. Mr. Morton talks. Mr. Morton reads. Mr. Morton loves. <laughs> Mr. Morton loves. All right. So Skilo, competent rapper, hit maker. I mean hit maker, meaning he made one hit. Are either of these guys better than Skilo is the scale. We're going to start with, with Adam. I'm going to start with. Damian Lillard better than Skilo. Uh, yes, both. Yes to both. Okay, both. I, I think again we have we've had this conversation and with Jeff Jeff like uh, often athletes' credibility is hurt just by the fact that they're athletes. Right. Um. So 
there was a song. Um, there was a song that uh, Iman Shumpert did called "Promised" with his, I think now fiance or wife Tiana Taylor. I honestly think if you substitute Kendrick Lamar into that video with those lyrics, that it becomes commercially vi- commercially viable. But for some reason, because Shumpert's attached to it, people don't don't see the credibility in it quite nice. as much. Gareth, what about these guys better than Skila? I'm with Adam both. That's you know I do not have the Kendrick Lamar comparisons on that one. I but like yeah, I'm. I like Skilo. I'm just saying, guys. I like Skilo. Uh, but I'm gonna put these guys ahead of the Skilo line on the Skilo scale. Yeah. If if he's if he's like 200 in the in the majors, they're like you know above that. I think they're great. I want more of them, guys. Get the get together in the studio in the off season. We know you're free at the same time of the year. Get in the studio. Get it done. All right. Speaking of getting it done, that is our show. Two-man weave. I love it. Yes. Speaking of getting it done, that is our show for the week. Thank you to all the listeners, the beautiful, unique Sparkle Ponies, in the words of Chris Cluey. Please go subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter, at JustNotSports. Email us tips, thoughts, topics, JustNotSports at gmail.com. Let's very quickly do a couple shout-outs. Gareth, you want to give a shout-out to our guest today? Yeah, I want to give a shout-out to Drew Bledsoe and his incredibly coincidentally named master winemaker, Josh McDaniels. Amazing. (laughs) Amazing coincidence. Amazing coincidence. Uh, I'm going to give a shout-out to producer, editor, and rapper, Joe Reed. Joe, close it out. What do you got to say? Thanks so much, Brad. Nailed it. Uh, Adam, any shout-outs today? No, I'm glad I get to follow that. Uh, yeah, I'll go. I'll go with my usual. Um, I just want to shout out my boy Uzi, mm-hmm. Def Jeff. Oh yeah, nice little Swanee. Always, Meech, Ron Mac. <laughs> oh Ron. Oh Ron Mac. Ron Mac. And um, this last one, I always forget. Is it your other cousin Ron? My other cousin Ron. Love those guys. Thank you for all you do. And thank you, Sparkle Ponies. In the words of Shaq, booty rappers, stay booty. We'll see you next week. Stay booty.